Welcome to Empowered Returns, a show that surfaces forward-thinking real estate advice that investors and developers need to help them invest smarter and build better. Well, welcome to Empowered Returns. And I'm lucky today to be joined by Christine Mulvey, our Director of Marketing here at Charles Gate. Uh, so welcome, Christine. Thanks, Mike. Awesome. Excited to be a guest on the uh, podcast we've worked so hard on. It's exciting to see this thing get off the ground and actually get some pretty good traction pretty quickly. Yeah, long time coming, but it's it's really cool to be a part of. Awesome. All right, so Christine, I think before we jump into the meat of the matter today, though, I'm curious, before we jumped on air, and since this is your first episode on Empowered Returns, I'm going to give you the spin of the wheel here. We can talk about two, one of two things. One is the crazy cult book you're reading. Or two is you just making fun of me that I need fidget spinners. <laughs> um, let's go with um, cult books because you're my boss and we want to try and not get fired today. <laughs> all right. So your cult book that you just made sounded fascinating. I'm curious though. What, yeah. is, it, what is it all yeah. about? So it's called Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism by Amanda Montel. And um, she is a co-host of Sounds Like a Cult, which is an amazing podcast. Yeah. Um, it's about, you know, the, the modern day cults that we all follow. So the cult of Wall Street, the cult of Peloton. The Cult of Scientology, yeah. really fascinating listen. But the book itself, it if you it might sound strange off the title, but it's really about how people and especially these cult leaders, um, you know, whether it's, you know, some of the really diabolical cults or even just like a multi-level marketing company like Amway, how they're using language to really influence people. And I just, I find it super fascinating. So if you're interested in how people use language and um, use it to persuade people to do certain things and really get them to follow along with, you know, whatever they're selling or doing or promoting. It's really quite fascinating. So 10 out of 10 recommend. I would, uh, I, I'm looking forward to picking that up and assuming you haven't scared off our entire client base talking about cults at this point, I do think it, it actually is a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today though, which is, you know, our go-to-market strategy for marketing new developments. And a lot of what we try to do is not just rely on a brand, but really into the messaging and developing an overall strategy and the, the idea of, you know, taking insights from cults, which are obviously mostly used for evil, but to take that same ideas and same concepts and use that for, for good uh, in terms of sense of marketing new development projects is a really powerful thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to hear your thoughts on that topic. Yeah, yeah language is a powerful thing. So, uh, you know, we use it in a pretty great way here, I'd say. Well, I think today we're going to dive into um, our new development marketing and specifically kind of how we developed and how we execute against our go-to-market strategy for each new project, new development, whether it's a multifamily or a condo project. And I know we have a lot of, um, and especially you have a lot of um, unique insights on, on, on how we do that and how we solve um, for creating that strategy of bringing a property to market. So. I don't know if you have anything to add before we get kick it kick it off here and uh, some questions, but uh, if you have anything off the top you want to want to say. Yeah, no, I mean I think there's a lot that we do differently that maybe our clients don't even know the problems that they do have that we solve for them. So I'm excited to dive in and give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, so to say, of how we do things. Yeah, and I, I think so. In our experience of over you know 50 plus new development projects at this point, I think there's a few commonalities that we've recognized, and one of those is most developers don't really understand what it means to bring a property to market. You know, they might think, oh, I've got to hire a real estate agent or agents or team. Oh, and maybe I have to hire a branding agency to give me a logo. Uh, but there's really not a real understanding of what marketing really is and, and developing a go-to-market strategy for properties that you're going to execute against and iterate against to make sure they're maximizing the sellout of the project whether or the lease-up of the project, depending if it's multifamily or condo. 
And one of those things, you know, I, as I have said oftentimes, you know, if you build it, they will come is not a strategy. And I think that's um, the trap developers fall into because they're good at identifying deals. They're good at building deals, finding a contractor, assembling a team, an architect, and all these other things that it takes to build the project, you know, entitle and build the project. But what there is oftentimes, even the ones that, you know, have some sense of design and style and branding, often miss what it means to market in 2023 now and, and going forward. And so I think that's the big miss that we tend to be able to solve for effectively and really drive demand for, for projects. Yeah, I think that the branding is what you see, right? So what you see is what you're focusing on. You're seeing a logo. You're seeing colors that like inspire you and are really exciting. And you love the name of your building. And you have this really great brochure, but you don't have anything to like actually bring that to the right target market for your building. How are you speaking to those people directly? How are you getting in front of them? And how are you getting in front of them in the ways, like you said, in 2023, things are different. There's no single source of attribution anymore. You have to hit people in a multitude of places in order to be effective. And so what's your plan for that? And oftentimes that gets missed or forgotten because you're so focused on, you know, your name. Oh, I have this really great Instagram and look at these cool pictures of Boston Common. And it's like, yeah, that's really nice. But what is that doing to really differentiate you from the competition? Because there's a lot of opportunities out there for people if they're looking for new housing. And so how do you stand out and tell your message and tell it in a way that's going to drive the right people to your building at the time when you need them to? So you, like you said, you can maximize that return on your investment yeah, there. Exactly. And I, and I think one of the things that is often also lost is how early this needs to begin. Because when you're design like the positioning as we you know talk about like who is the building for who is the, who who is the target audience what do they like where do the, where do they shop what do they buy what do they eat what do they like those types of psychographics that are so critically important really need to not just you know fall into the marketing plan but also the design of the building the layout of the units what people are looking for so and and the, and the more you can tightly sort of integrate the design of the building and then carry that through with the branding and marketing, the more effective it becomes and the more the ability is for the project to sort of maximize those sales prices or lease up velocity or whatever it you know may be in terms of the goals of the project that you're seeking. But starting early to do that and have that all aligned in a really sort of tight and cohesive manner is so critical. Yeah, I mean, I'm nodding my head so vigorously because the <laughs> projects that when we're involved super early are the most successful. We have the easiest time, easiest in you know quotations, building that messaging that really resonates with the building. If we understand from the beginning why these design decisions were made, we can better communicate that to prospects and further enhance the value proposition of the building. We can make sure that you know the interior of the building is matching the renderings correctly that we're showing, that we're portraying it in a way that really is just so tightly aligned from start to finish. It's not this disjointed, well, we had our architect make these renderings, like they're kind of okay, but they're a bit outdated. And like, we also have this random one pager that was created. But if we can be brought in early, that's where we're most effective. And we can really get a sense of why certain decisions were made and better communicate that to, you know, buyers and renters. Yeah, t totally. And, and, you know, and even beyond that, we can help advise on layouts and plans and finishes oh, yeah. and all of, mm -hmm. all of the critical details that you need to like go, what you're actually bringing to market, not just developing the marketing strategy, but your, what, the product you're actually bringing to market is what's really important to make sure these things are all fully aligned through the entire life cycle of the project is what makes them most successful. Yeah, we have a lot of experience with, with that too in terms of, you know, seeing a floor plan of a garage 
so to say, and recognizing, you know, there's a lot of wasted space here. We can add a few spaces, generate more income for you and build more value into the building for, you know, future homeowners yeah. or renters. Yeah, I think that's right. It's just one of the things that, again, it's, it's and, and, and I understand it's easy to sort of overlook from, from the perspective of a developer. It's like, okay, I just have to get this project entitled. I've got to go through the permitting and, and design process. And I've got to, you know, find the right architect. I got to find the right contractor. I got to do this within budget. I've got to find investors, all of these things that are like, oh, there's a lot of work there for a developer. And that's why, uh, you know, oftentimes the sales or the lease up and the marketing and the management is left to the, to the end of the process. And, and I, I guess my primary advice, what we talk to a lot of clients about is like, get started early. We can add so much value early in the process. And I think with the, a lot of the vendors on any project can do that as well, whether, whether it's architects or contractors or otherwise, uh, assembling that team early can make a project so much more successful. So, but you know, it's a little bit off track from what we wanted to talk about today, which is really how do we then take that and establish our go-to-market strategy? So maybe you want to talk a little bit about you know our process for uh, for bringing a new development project to market. Yeah. So we have what we call like the CG three, right? So the first is building that brand. You want to build something that's differentiated. You want to make sure that. The interior of the building is matching the um, brand experience that you're portraying digitally before the building's even finished, before people can walk in. So when they walk in, it's not some disjointed experience. So really building that um, is the first step in what we do. And then where we take it is to the building the demand engine that we call it. Um, so what that's going to be is building those brand awareness campaigns, you know, just putting the advertisements out there to try and attract the people who we think are going to be most interested in the property and just iterating on those and testing them and making sure that we're adjusting messaging as we move through um, the sellout or the lease up to align with what our team is um, hearing in the field. And that kind of goes into um, step three, which is the um, analyze, adapt, and amplify so what we're doing there is we have a super tight alignment between our marketing and sales and leasing teams. So our marketing team is regularly attending the weekly meetings of the sales and leasing teams, understanding what prospects are hearing, what are they liking, what are they not liking, what are their concerns, what's maybe something that's surprising them about the building when they walk in that's not clear to them before they come in. How can we update our messaging um, and the content that we're pushing out to uh, better showcase that? So those three phases are really how um, we take a building um, from, you know, whenever we're brought in again, it's the earlier, the better, um, but then executing on that and making sure that we're building a really strong strategy of putting advertisements and building content, really focusing in on content that we're building, you know, written content, video content, imagery, um, audio content, you know, anything that we can create to better tell the message of the property, mm -hmm. show its value proposition, um, and drive the right target market to that property. Yeah. So I think we'll dive a little bit more into each one of those sort of three prong approach. We're talking about building a brand that matters, developing the demand engine, and then execute and analyze and iterate. Let's start with the first phase of that, like sort of building a brand that matters. And, and from our perspective, I think the most important part of that is actually the positioning. Who's the project for? Who are these units for? Why should they care about it? What is unique about it? And from that point, um, you know, you can start to develop a brand. But I think what often happens is, 
you know, we hear from people, who's this market? Who is the market for this project? And it's like, okay, oftentimes you hear young professionals and empty nesters, which, okay, besides being potentially a fair housing violation because you're, you know, targeting age groups and things like that, it speaks to nothing and to nobody to nothing. And what, what I like to really think about, I know we've had a lot of conversation about this, but what makes this project unique? What would make someone choose to live here versus another property in the market, in a similar market? And who are the people that would be attracted to that, to this neighborhood, to this location, to this property in what, in what way? And so I don't, maybe you can speak to sort of thinking about positioning, how we look at that, and then how that should um, relate to how we work with a branding agency or otherwise to develop a, a brand that matters. So, yeah, so I think that's a real key differentiator in one of the ways that we operate. Um, so when we're looking at building the value proposition, it's not, well, we have a roof deck and we have a gym mm. and it's like, okay, but like, why do those matter? Do you have certain things that are different about that? And just really kind of doing those, like, I think it's like the five whys, like why, 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 and just mm -hmm. really leveling down to, okay, but like, why would somebody really want to live here? What is the right fit for them? Do they, do we have a building that is perfectly outfitted for children? We have easy access in and out of the elevator for your strollers. And we have ample space in the hallways for you to push your stroller down the hallway. Do we have a children's room? Is there a park right next door? Like, how do we tell that message? Um, it could be, you know, maybe we do have a really cool fitness first building and we have the top of the line equipment and we have, you know, a great indoor outdoor flow of indoor fitness area flows right into an outdoor calisthenics area. How are we showcasing that? Um, how are we displaying that with imagery? Because oftentimes we're working on these projects and people are purchasing these units before they can even walk into the building or come into the building in any way. So how do we best explain that with imagery and also with the way that we're describing these units and what kind of content are we um, arming our sales and leasing team with to best explain the value of these buildings. Yeah, t totally. And and I definitely have another real question, but I, first I just want to dive into the fact that you just used the word calisthenics. And I think that's yeah. the first time I've yeah. ever heard anyone under like yeah. 50 use yeah. that word in yeah. forever. So and what they call an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So hopefully you enjoy your calisthenics yeah. on the brand new yeah. roof yeah. deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. So, but, um, but no, I think, I think what you're getting at is really developing the strategic messaging, right? And, and, and so you're, you're showcasing not just a list of like amenities or like what the finishes are or whatever, but actually helping to tell the story of why these things matter and exactly. wh specifically why they matter to the target audience. And that's what makes that messaging so powerful and special as opposed to just the generic stuff you see all over the place. And, th and this is, you know, you know, like you said, oh, we have a roof deck. Okay. Every building has a roof deck these days, pretty much. I mean, yeah. or whatever. So it's like, well, what is different about this? What is unique about the property that matters? Um, and it's not easy to do because, you know, frankly, a, 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 a real estate property is, you know, there, there's all probably more similarities and differences, but you got to dig deeper and use that. You talked about the technique of the five whys, which is a great technique that I love and just keep getting, you know, asking why to get to the next level mm -hmm. deeper and the next level deeper to, to really get to the core kind of benefit. And, but I think that's what we can take. And then you use that, not just in a brochure, not just on a website, but through the ad campaigns and through the content that you mentioned, and we'll get to that in a minute too. But that's why that stuff is so important to focus on this. And I think the big miss oftentimes is that, you know, you, there's a brand agency hired that does great, oftentimes graphic design work and beautiful logos and imagery and all this stuff. But most of the brand agency out there don't think about marketing or strategic messaging in as detailed 
uh, a fashion as they do with the sort of the 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 visual collateral of that. And, and that's like a huge miss on most projects. And that's why there's a big disconnect in the market because people just see this beautiful imagery, but they don't really they're not pulled and the, that they don't they're not they don't you know really or the the messaging doesn't create that opportunity for buyers or or, or renters to really be pulled in and, yeah. and attracted to that uh, property in a powerful way yeah you really have to help people envision themselves in the property and make it like so clear that this is where they need to live because of x y and z and you need to make that super clear for them and help them see themselves in these homes yeah and I think that's where, you know, I think we can jump into the next point about sort of developing that demand engine and yeah. how we sort of take that brand, the logo, the strategic messaging, the value proposition and all of that and how we sort of take that, you know, from the partnership with a branding agency or graphic design agency and take that and sort of really start to build out campaigns, whether it's content campaigns uh, of various types, you know, you mentioned earlier, can develop and how that's the core backbone of what we what we do to sort of create that demand. But maybe you can dive into our, our demand engine process. Yeah, so we're taking the the core elements, right? So we have that, this is the brand statement, this is the value proposition for the property, and how can we expand that and slice and dice it, so to say, for the various channels where we're at? You know, maybe it's a short retargeted ad and we only have 300 characters. So how are we making the most of those? A pay-per-click ad. You know, a lot of these ad platforms, first of all, you're limited with being in the housing industry. So you have to get creative with your messaging and make sure that it actually resonates so you're reaching the right people because you have to serve your ad to everybody, which is great, obviously, but also can be a challenge because we're advertising multi-million dollar homes to 18-year-olds on Facebook, which is I mean, I wish I could afford a multi-million dollar home when I was 18. But we call those kitty condos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you nice know. Nice to have a parent that can buy a kitty condo <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, so. seriously. So, um, so, but that's the reality for working in marketing in real estate. So you have to have the, the know-how, first of all, to create those ads and take that value proposition and structure it in a way so when the ad is seen by the right person, it resonates with them immediately. And then it's not just about pushing the ads out and it's great, you have your ad on the side of a bus or you have your ad like on Facebook or Instagram, but then what are you doing with those leads when they come in? So you have to bring them into your funnel and we have a pretty robust process on the back end where we're really qualifying these people and identifying who's a right fit for this property. And then we're immediately sending that lead to our sales team or to our leasing team so they can follow up with that person in a timely manner because you want to capture somebody as soon as they're showing interest. You want to be getting on the phone with them, sending a text message, giving them a call, sending them an email, getting in touch with them to show them what this property has and why it's the right fit for them. Uh, so Christine, diving a little bit deeper into the demand engine or creating a demand engine as we do, I think you know one of the key aspects of, of how we've had to change and, and adapt over time is that nowadays, as opposed to say five plus or minus years ago, where you could do really detailed micro-targeting on things like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and it wasn't even TikTok then, but but those types of things where you could target an audience. So specifically, the messaging didn't matter as much or the content didn't matter as much. But now, what is so important is developing content, developing creative that really resonates with people because we can't do that type of micro-targeting anymore for a lot of reasons, obviously, as you know, the privacy laws that have come about, fair housing laws, different things for good reason. Um, but that makes the types of content and multiple co multiple content types and, and ideas and concepts so important so that we can really kind of drive demand from the tar target audience in a powerful way. But 
maybe you can talk about the different types of content we develop, what what's working, what uh, and what's really impactful these days. Yeah. So I think the way we think about it is building content um, campaigns. So taking um, a certain idea and really building a lot of strong content around that. So maybe it's looking at the neighborhood because you really want to showcase why this neighborhood is such a great place to live. So partnering with local businesses, really ingraining yourselves and becoming a foundation of that community. Um, you're doing videos, a day in the life type video, really help people see themselves in the property. Um, but then also that day in the life video can be repurposed for something else. Maybe it's, you know, just um, a talking head type video about the property. So just finding ways to make types of content that can be stretched, which stretches your marketing dollars and allows you to get more bang for your buck, so to say. So how can you strategically think about these campaigns as you're moving throughout the sell-up or the lease-up um, to drive the right people to your property um, using the, the value proposition that you've already established as the, the core messaging throughout? But how can you kind of break it up into different campaigns um, throughout the, the course of the project? Yeah, I think a lot, what a lot of people don't realize is how important it is not just to have content that exists, but to then use that content in across multiple ad sets and ad formats and types. So when you're doing paid ads, not just organic content, but when you're doing the paid ads, you can take that content, whether it's video or written or whatever it might be, audio, whatever, whatever type of content it might be, use that in the ads, in the creative and create multiple, you know, ads that target slightly different audiences, perhaps, or, you know, attract people in a slightly different way so they're not getting oversaturated by the same single ad. Like I've seen so many projects, it's absurd. That's just the same ad the whole time. New condos now selling for 500 grand or 10, a million dollars, whatever it is. Explore the view or whatever, some other bullshit message that is just dull and boring and it goes on the same exact ad for two years throughout the project sellout. It's absolutely useless. It's a waste of money and it's, it's it, I actually, not to get on my soapbox too much, but it really bothers me Yeah, <laughs> as you can tell. And that's why it's so important to create like actual campaigns, different messaging and iterate that throughout the process. And that sort of leads to our our, our next kind of point. But I don't know if you have anything yeah. else to add on content or, you know, really developing that demand engine. Yeah, no, I mean, to your point, there are literally metrics that tell you, hey, you've served this ad too many times. So there are metrics in there and best practices in there to tell you stop doing this, yeah. but people just continue to do it. But having that different messaging to just be able to test and iterate on different messaging is so essential to success and really making the most of your marketing dollars. You don't have an endless budget. I mean, if maybe you do. If you do, come on down. <laughs> We're open for business. Happy to talk um, with you. Yeah, yeah, right seriously. Now, today, call, uh, yeah, call today. Yeah, yeah. But, but honestly, if, if you want to make the most of your spend and, and eliminate that wasted spend, it's really essential that you have somebody with local knowledge who's familiar with, you know, best practices and who's think, taking a creative approach to the ads and not just putting something stale out there, you're really taking some messaging that's targeting your ideal audience. Yeah. And again, just to just to sort of put a sort of underline or highlight on that, that's that's what happens when, you know, you you just a developer may just rely on a brand agency to put together a logo and a brand and some key sort of phrasing on the on 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 messaging, like the value proposition. If you just stop there, that's not bad if it's like a great brand and logo and messaging. But it's not enough. It's not enough, especially in this day and age, in this market where there's a lot of competition coming on the market and it's it's just going to slow down your absorption or have a, this you know major stall in the middle of the lease up or sales, which we often see. And without really kind of, you know, developing a set of content and campaigns that can really 
drive demand from different angles, that's that's what happens. And that's where it's really critical to develop an entire go-to-market strategy, not just have a have a logo and a brand and some visual that 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 looks nice, but really doesn't do much more than that. Hundred percent. Okay, so now that we've talked about uh, building a brand that matters, we've talked about developing the demand engine, and the other third um, stool of our kind of marketing go-to-market platform is um, analyze, adapt, and amplify. I don't know if I forgot those words in the wrong order, but you nailed way, it. And the other, nailed perfect. It. Yeah. So there we go. I'm right. On, I'm right on brand. Yeah. Speaking of that, yeah. But maybe we can dive into you know what that means and 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 how we you know how we use those words or that plan to kind of execute on this strategy overall. Yeah. So I think we've kind of been touching on it lightly throughout, um, you know, this conversation here, but really what we're doing is there's no set it and forget it with us. We're not starting with one type of messaging and rolling with it all the way through. We're super tightly ingrained as a marketing team with the sales and leasing team. So what they're hearing from prospects is directly communicated up to us. We're in those meetings weekly. We're having those conversations. Even if maybe the leasing team or the sales team doesn't quite understand how we hear the phrase, we hear the objections or the questions or the um, the things that they love about the building. And we take that back and we update our messaging um, across all channels um, to really tie closely to that. So that's what we mean when we say analyze we're listening in on the sales calls and leasing calls. We're really understanding what's driving prospects. What questions do they have? How can we better answer those so that when they come in to a sales appointment, they're just that little bit more qualified and we're able to get them to a closed deal or assigned lease even faster. Yeah, and I think one of the things you you said, the phrase you just said it and forget it. And again, we see that so often is where, I think I mentioned it earlier in the conversation too, just a few minutes ago, but like you see one ad that's running across the entirety of an 18 month or 24 month sellout or, or a six month or 10 month or lease up. And, and it's just, those things are so ineffective and they grow so ineffective over time. And this is what happens oftentimes when you, you know, hire a, you know, agency that isn't tightly aligned with the sales or leasing team on site. And so you lose like what is working and what isn't working. And, and, and another thing I talk about oftentimes being close to the customer, in this case, being close to the, the prospects coming in to buy or lease. And if you're not getting that feedback, if a, if a marketing team isn't getting the feedback back from the sales team or the leasing team saying, hey, what's resonating? What messaging is driving people? What are they asking about? As you just said, you can't possibly create marketing that works well or ads that work well or other new content iterations that work well. And so that's why it's so critical to be, again, to be you know, analyzing what's working, adapting and iterating, you know, against that. And then what is working, you continue to amplify and, 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 and grow the grow that messaging. Yeah. And we also amplify by trying to really hard to build partnerships with the local community. So if there's a gym down the street and our building doesn't have a gym, how can we create a partnership? Can we maybe provide, you know, a, a free personal training session to residents or to homeowners? That might be something great. Mm -hmm. So really helping to create partnerships and connections with the community mm -hmm. because then they'll help spread the message of your property as well. Totally. And it actually reminds me of another uh, important point is like actually making sure that there's alignment between the salespeople on site and what you're putting out there, whether it's social media or otherwise. And I think, you know, a big mistake we often see made is that um, developers or, or, or other sort of operators might hire an outsourced uh, social media agency or something else, which, you know, they might do a nice job in terms of how they're managing social media and all the things they can do. But without that local um, information or sharing or local content on site, it's it's it grows like very stale, very fast because it looks the same as anyone else. And so if you're not actually utilizing 
the site sales team or site leasing team to help develop that content and iterate against that content, it's just so boring and stale and looks the same as everywhere else. And you just lose your value proposition so fast that way. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we have had tremendous luck growing organically on social media, which is really hard to do for a building that is a condo project that's like 50 units. Cause once it's sold out, like is the board of trustees really going to take over that Instagram account? Like probably not, <laughs> but you never know. Maybe one day they will. But to build that is what's driving the success there is giving that behind the scenes look. Hey, look at the sidings going up on the building. Hey, look at these great kitchens and really allowing people to honestly pre-qualify themselves and sell them on the building before they even come down for a sales appointment because they've seen all this content. They've seen the story that you're telling and they say, you know what? Yeah, that's for me. Yeah. And even just seeing the interest and activity of the building and the buzz around it that mm -hmm. helps really kind of really continue to build and showcase that buzz is, is what's really important in a lot of ways as well. And I think maybe that's a good also segue from from the sort of analyze and adapt and amplify kind of uh, platform to really how we work with our site teams, um, whether it's a sales condo seller or, or a multifamily, like how do we work to enable to build the sales enablement tools and platform that they use that is tightly integrated with the marketing effort? Yeah. So we obviously have a core set of materials that we have at the start of any sellout or lease up project. Um, but as we're moving through, if we start to hear, hey, you know what, people have a lot of questions about parking and this building has a parking stacker system. People have no idea what it is. I try and send them a YouTube video. They don't quite understand. So to me, when I hear that, I don't hear a problem. I hear an opportunity for a solution. So how can we create some content that's really going to better explain the value of having this parking stacker system, what that means, how people are going to use it, how it's really just like any other garage. It's just maybe you have to push a couple more buttons um, or maybe there's no parking on site. How can we provide more opportunities to tell people about local parking options? Uh, maybe there's a ride share uh, car service at the building that we have. We have one building where we just added, created a partnership with a valet company. So people have that option if they want to purchase that. So how can we build these things in? So hearing, you know, questions or concerns that the sales team is getting from prospects, taking that back and really finding a solution for it in a bunch of different mediums, right? Like, so maybe we'll do a one pager because some people like to read and then we'll do a video and then maybe we'll do like a shorter one-to-one, -one, like a loom vidyard type video of the agent, you know, hi, how's it going? You know, I know you had some questions about parking. Just wanted to tell you, walk you through, here's how it's being built. These types of things um, are essential to really helping our sales and leasing team close more deals. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's so critical when you're, when you know, if, if a salesperson is getting the same question from all the prospects or from some percentage of the prospects, you know, there's no need for them to have to keep answering that you know, every single time, but to develop content that does answer that ideally even in advance before people show up for their appointment or certainly in the appointment or whatever it might be, depending on the type of content. But if we can develop that to either overcome objections or highlight a benefit in a more powerful way, those really enable the sales team on site to do their job faster, better, easier, all these things that are so important to help them, you know, absolutely uh, increase the velocity of the absorption of the project overall. Yeah. And if a prospect is coming in, having those questions, how many folks have that question that didn't submit the form to have you get in touch with them, you know? So how can you utilize that content somewhere else? Maybe it's, Hey, download our neighborhood guide for all of our like favorite places in the neighborhood. And that's an opportunity for lead capture on the website. You know, just thinking about yeah. think different ways to engage with the market as a whole. Totally. And again, you know, because obviously we, we, you know, it's so important to have a you know, world-class, you know, CRM customer relationship software that the sales team uses and building all these tools into the software so they can just click a button and send different collateral 
you know, and, and to provide all those enablement tools to make the sales team's job a lot easier and faster, whether it's clicking a button to send a purchase agreement or sending a piece of collateral and tracking, you know, who and when, where uh, prospects are asking questions when they're visiting the website, all those things that we can do to help um, nurture and convert interest and traffic into actual sales or actual leases is so, so important to really, again, to attain whatever the goal of the project is, it might be a faster velocity, might be higher sales or leasing prices, you know, whatever the goals are for a specific developer or, or on a specific project, these tools are so critical to have built and have that tight alignment that allows us to, 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 to achieve those goals for clients. Yeah, absolutely. And again, circling back to bring us in early, the earlier we're brought in, the more tightly yeah. we can be aligned on your goals for your project and have that cascade through every facet of yeah. what we're doing as a company. So maybe that's another actually good segue as well as like what, you know, because oftentimes we're not brought in as early as we may like. Um, uh, so here's a, another PSA for all the potential clients out there. Call us, call us today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to make this too salesy, but, um, but what can we do or what have we done when we're brought in later in the process? Are some examples of, let's say we're brought in after a branding agency's already been hired or they've already developed a logo or things like that, that we can, you know, just talk about or showcase as kind of examples of work. Yeah. So there's one project that we were brought in and we were brought on, they already had um, a branding agency established, which is great. We're more than happy to work with whichever branding agency you've already selected. We've worked with, you know, a whole host of them throughout the city. Um, so they already had their branding agency established. They already had a logo. They had a name. They had colorways. And we're like, okay, great. Saw the logo. It's like, okay, it's a logo. And so then we go to, you know, the the finish meeting. And this particular project had top of the line teams involved start to finish. So we go to the finish meeting and I'm sitting in the finish meeting. And I had just recently like joined Charles Gate. So this was one of my like earlier on projects. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, no. This doesn't match at all. <laughs> so we ended up going back to the client and saying, hey, listen, your logo and colorways don't evoke any of the same feelings that your in-building finishes do. So we really need to change that because otherwise we're going to be selling one story. People are going to be walking into another and there's going to be this disconnect. So we were able to make the switch, luckily before anything really got printed and so, because otherwise that would have been a whole host of, you know, wasted yeah. spend. Talk about wasted spend. Print collateral is not cheap. So we were able to make that shift. And now we have a really cohesive, what you're seeing digitally is almost exactly like what you're going to experience when you walk in. It has those that same feeling um, that you experience, which is so important because like I mentioned before, we're oftentimes selling and leasing these buildings before people can even come in the building. So yeah. how do we make sure there's alignment there? Yeah, that 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 consistency is what really makes a, you know, a quote unquote, a brand resonate is not, you know, again, you can come up with the most beautiful logo in the world, but if you're putting together a shit building, it's still a shit building and vice versa. You might have an ugly logo, but a beautiful building and it just doesn't resonate, doesn't work together. Uh, um, again, with everything. And again, not, not just the logo and colorways, but the messaging and everything else needs to be aligned so carefully. Uh, and with a key thing again to to highlight with the customer in mind, the target yeah. audience. Yeah, I, that can oftentimes get lost because again, you're sort of building the structure and doing these things, uh, designing a, a building that is not necessarily always as easy to directly connect to a customer um, like it would be in other sort of you know uh, companies or brands in the in the same way. So it's really important to keep that in mind. Who are you marketing to? What is the unique value of this property? of this neighborhood, of this location, of what the design is, all those things that really need to, you know, 
be connected to resonate fully and, and, and fully unlock the power of the empowered return yeah. of this project. Yeah, yeah, no, it it's essential. You know, you want to make sure you're putting things in the building that matter to that audience. You're not building, you know, a champagne building in a community that has a beer budget. Mm-hmm. You know, you there has to be that alignment across the board. Yeah. And and I think as I alluded to a little bit earlier, one of the one of the things that can happen if we if that if it's you know, if there's not a good go-to-market strategy or some of these pieces of the stool are missing, what often happens is it's a new building, it gets some attention, they get some sales off the bat or some leases off the bat. But then there's this deep stall that goes throughout the product, especially in the pre-sales process when people can't see the building, they can't visualize it. You have this real slowdown and delay and absorption velocity. And it's just critical. It's like it's just leaving money on the table with a much slower absorption. It's causing you know, dramatically um, impeded returns that are not as, you know, not as, as as good as they could be otherwise, simply because this wasn't, you know, thought out, there wasn't a real go-to-market strategy established in the first place. And uh, and it just causes, a you know, a, a miss. And the project might still be okay if it's a really good location and it's a really nice building, sure, might sell, might lease, but not nearly as fast as it could with, you know, and you're not nearly going to get that return investment as you would with a good go-to-market strategy. Um, and all of this thing working cohesively together. Yeah, absolutely. So what else, uh, any other um, examples, you know, of, the, of projects we've worked on that you think that would illustrate any of the, of the points we've been talking yeah, about? Yeah, so I think we talk a lot about having that local knowledge, right? So it's important for your leasing and your sales team to know the market inside and out. They need to know their competitor buildings. They need to know what they're up against, and they need to know the talking points of how they can combat you know, questions about comparing building A to building B because people shop around, right? But then there's also the marketing aspect. So with digital marketing, there are so many tools that you can be using, but you have to be using those effectively. And in order to do that, you have to have local market insights. So for example, we were working on a project in Salem, Massachusetts, and our ads were, we're suddenly getting all these keyword hits for Tuscan Kitchen, Tuscan Village, Tuscan this, Tuscan that. And I know that that is a new community in Salem, New Hampshire, Salem, Mass, Salem, New Hampshire. Google can't really quite differentiate that those aren't going to be the same interest interested people in those properties. So we have to cut that immediately because otherwise we're just wasting all this spend on, because every time somebody clicks on that, it charges you. Mm. Same thing for Wilmington, Massachusetts. You want to make sure you're catching anything for Wilmington, North Carolina or Wilmington, Delaware immediately because... That, those dollars, they start to add up. And if you're not paying attention, Google can all of a sudden just start overspending on all those. And it's just so much wasted spend left on the table. So it's essential to have, a, obviously, a team that knows what they're doing, but a team that has the market insight to for these little nuanced things, especially something as small as like, oh, well, maybe that's just a competitor building and recognizing like, no, that's not. That's not even in the same state. You need to stop that from happening immediately. Yeah, and I think that sort of goes back to the the analyze and adapt um, part of it is like being on it in real time and not just outsourcing and hiring an agency that's you know going to pay attention maybe if you're lucky once a month on a report, but really understanding these things that are happening in real time because you're tightly aligned with the sales team or the leasing team saying, hey, you know, interest weird lead came through. I'm not sure what happened. And you recognize that, you know, in in five minutes instead of, you know, five weeks. And right. there's a lot of wasted money that can happen there or other things, just, just you know, lack of successful sales or, or leasing. So you're right about about those types of things as well. That can be, you know, big problems as they as they can occur these days, again, with the more limited targeting options that are available for ads. In terms of um, content types and you know, I know we are, maybe you can speak to how we're leaning heavily and more and more heavily into, into video 
uh, these days. Yeah, yeah. So the way that we're positioning ourselves, which I think is pretty great, is we're bringing a lot of resources in-house to develop more of an agency for our clients. So instead of having, you know, maybe a videographer that's not available or is super expensive, we have somebody in-house who we can offer to our clients at a fair rate and produce really high quality content that's totally aligned with the marketing and sales or leasing for the project. There's none of this disconnect where it's like, oh yeah, but we wanted it to kind of feel like this. Like our videographer is already in tune with what's going on and what the Charles Gate way of doing things is. He knows these leasing agents. He knows these sales agents. He can really, you know, coach them on how to produce the best type of content. So um, I'm really excited about that. It's been, you know, just a couple of months, but some of the stuff we're pushing out, it's like unbelievable. Everyone's like so impressed. We have more stuff that's coming out. Um, obviously he's here doing this podcast with us, um, now. So <laughs> it's, um, it's so great to be able to bring those resources in house. You know, I've been at Charles Gate for about three and a half going on four years now. So to see how many resources we've brought in house that has totally leveled up how we're able to perform for clients, um, is really exciting. And really we're only just beginning to, you know, push out more and more opportunities for our clients. Yeah, well, I think we're really ultimately combining the marketing agency type of structure and strategy with this deep real estate knowledge and salespeople that can execute against uh, a, a, a cohesive go-to-market strategy that is really so powerful in the market and making a dramatic difference for a lot of our clients in a, in a positive way. So I am excited about that as well. I agree. And I think we're going to be continuing to sort of do more and investing more and more in those types of resources to deliver, you know, ultimately a better client experience and better client results across the board. So that's, that's, I'm definitely fired up. And it's, you know, obviously we're leaning hard into to video among everything else that we're doing right now as a key part of that. And, and, um, you know, I think the, the, the more, um, that we have that opportunity to get involved and start earlier, the more the more powerful impact we can have on on projects across the board, whether it's a small 20 unit sort of development or a 300 unit, you know, large project, super high end luxury. You know, it doesn't matter. These same um, skill sets, tools, talent sort of has a good range across the market. And and we can do really powerful things with it, which is exciting. And that's sort of some, one of the things I'm really fired up about. for yeah. sure. Definitely. And obviously having a super talented and fun team to work with is great too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, but anything else that you think is important to, you know, for, you know, if, if the audience here listening to this is our, our, our sort of client base or prospective client base of developers, whether it's multifamily or condo, anything else you think is important for them to know about any problems that we, you know, can kind of call out and say, hey, look out for this? Yeah. You know, I think that the biggest thing for me, what makes my job exponentially easier is just being brought in earlier and being brought into those conversations. Like if you have a property and you've identified some land for sale and you're going to purchase it or wherever you might be early on, bring us into those conversations. Cause you might think, well, what do they really get out of listening to this? But we get so much and it really helps us shape that value proposition for your building educate the, our sales team, our leasing team on what's happening um, to arm them with the tools that they need to better sell and lease the property faster. Because like you said, to avoid that slump, like our team is so excellent. Like I'm on our, our weekly calls, right? And listening to the way that our sales and our leasing teams problem solve anything that might come up and come to a resolution, present it to the client, um, get, in, get approval, and then we shift. And then the next week when we're regrouping with the clients, 
it's been resolved because we have that quick action. So um, by being able to get involved early and letting our team get start ingrained in the process, it's just, it's really, really is a game changer. I can't stress it enough. Yeah, 100%. We obviously mentioned that a few times, but it is so important. And the other thing I would, I would add, and maybe you can uh, kind of add to it as well, but the idea of, I think there's a lot of legacy thinking out there. I think that we're trying to, you know, combat or just, or, or, or um, you know, showcase how things are different these days, but saying, okay, we have to have this beautiful logo and brochure and then that's it. It's set it and forget it. So like everything has to be so detailed and approved and, and perfect. And we've got to get everyone to look at it, approve it and be okay with it. But realize that, or, but, but I think there's a missing link that that's just a small piece of what we're talking about for go to market strategy. There's a whole layer of additional content add, you know, hundreds and thousands of ad iterations that might come up from from that. And a lot of this has to happen in in pretty close to real time to be as effective as possible. And it's really impossible um, for us or really limits the way we can work to have have to have everything approved, you know, uh, uh, for every little piece of what we're doing. So that's that's one of the things we, we, we you know try to educate clients on is, hey, the world of marketing has changed. And it's not just about creating a brand, setting it and forgetting it. It's this constant, you know, analyze, adapt, amplify. So the iteration process, that's so important. Um, and it's critical for us to be able to really work in real time and not have to have to get seek, you know, approval on every single piece of messaging that we're creating. Yeah, I can't believe that I didn't say this before because that is like the biggest hurdle for me. If, if something has to be approved at every single step, we're not going to be able to move fast enough to get you the results that you want for your project. Just bottom line, that's just what's going to happen. You bring us on board because you trust the expertise that we've had. I'm working on almost 20 different projects right now, actively working and marketing 20 projects. So we know what we're doing. We've done this once or twice before. So having the ability to come in and take the steps that we need to, to make sure that we're adjusting the messaging to speak to the market where it's at today in the using the insights we're getting from our sales and leasing teams is so critical. And like you said, like we have to make these and we have one set of ads. Yes, that's a great, that's the ad we're going to launch with. And then we're going to look at it. How did it work? What happened? What conversations were we having based off of that? Then we're going to iterate it. And we're going to do that again and again and again, because that's how it works. And you can't just do that one stale. You, yeah. you might have a branding agency that gives you an instance of a ad campaign and it's really, it's nice. It's a nice tagline. Like maybe you use that for like some print ads or something, or maybe you use it for a digital marketing campaign. But if you want to get another one from them, which you should, then that's going to be a cost. And then another one and another one and another one. Whereas from us, we build out these campaigns like we were talking about where we can take pieces of content and really expand it over a variety of different channels and mediums. Yeah. And just repurpose, you know, mm -hmm. content and, and messaging in a whole host of different ways to, to amplify that as much as possible. Even just seasonality or like through the course oh, of the project yeah. mm -hmm. is there's so many changes that often happen that we can uh, use to, you know, powerfully expand the, the messaging and, you know, really drive more and more demand uh, to ultimately to faster absorption and better pricing. Um, a lot of, I think, very forward thinking marketing that you're leading on our team here that I'm, I'm really excited about. I think our clients are excited about the results we've delivered. And uh, I'm obviously fired up about that and thankful for having you on the team doing a fantastic job. Anything yeah. else you want to add as we wrap yeah. this up here? No, I, I mean, I hope that, you know, folks got some helpful nuggets out of it. You know, obviously we're open to having conversations, even if you're just curious kind of about how we do things, you know, we're always happy to chat and, 
you know, share some knowledge. Um, obviously, you're pretty prolific on LinkedIn, so make sure if you're not already following Mike DeMello, make sure you follow him. Um, <laughs> That's what we said but, we weren't going to make this too yeah, salesy, Christine. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, so yeah, so no, it's it's um, what we do here is a lot of fun. You know, I have a background in minor league baseball and startups, and somehow Charles Gate has become the perfect blend of both and the what I loved most about both of them. So um, we do things differently here and in the best way possible. Awesome. Well, thank you, Christine. We love uh, love having you on board. Love the insights you you gave us today and shared with the audience. And hopefully there'll be more episodes to come on Empowered Returns. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Empowered Returns. If you're a forward-thinking real estate investor or developer looking for actionable advice that will help you generate market-beating returns, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. I'm Mike DeMello with Charles Gate. And I'd love to connect on LinkedIn and further the conversation for any specific questions you may have. Thank you for listening.